All right, welcome uh, to another Make It Matter moment as we have today another special guest with us, uh, part of this project. You know, we put together this book, this film, this uh, event project. It was important to me uh, that I brought on all kinds of people, all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of stories, because I want you to really hear different people's journeys, different people's uh, outlooks and how they're able to build lives that uh, create the impact as well as uh, fulfillment. So today we have a very special guest. We have Stanley Tate with us. So welcome, Stanley. Hi, what's good, Ryan? How you doing? Good, good, good. So today we want to talk about a couple of things. I want to start. Stanley Tate is an attorney. He's the uh, owner of Tate Law. So I want you to go ahead and first let's just start by introducing yourself. Tell people a little bit about who you are. Then we'll start talking about your actual journey uh, and why we have you here today. Uh, I guess highlight overview is uh, Stanley Tate. I'm from South Side of Chicago. Uh, live there for the per primary part of my life. Then after that, moved kind of around a bit. Right now, I'm based out of uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I have a law practice that all I do is focus on helping borrowers with student loan issues, whether it's they can't afford their monthly payment, they're in default, they would like to negotiate a settlement or try to discharge them in bankruptcy. I do all those things. I run the gamut of student loan solutions from that standpoint. So that's, that's the nutshell, right? Right. Well, good stuff. And that's, you know, you talk about student loans and that touches so many people, myself included, you know, so it's like you, but I'll say, you know, you're the first person that I know who actually, uh, not a big conglomerate, who's actually focusing on this kind of thing. So how'd you end up in this uh, arena uh, to tell people student loans? Um, it definitely wasn't something I sought out or even thought anything about while I was in law school or even like immediately thereafter. I did the big firm thing, did a couple federal clerkships, and on my last uh, federal clerkship, I was like, okay, taking offers to see if I wanted to go back to a firm. And along the way, one of the senior attorneys um, that had appeared before the court that I was in, he said, hey, I got a student loan question. I was like, I don't know shit about student loans. He was like, yeah, but you're the youngest one in the bankruptcy bar who would know anything about this. And I was like, all right, what's the question? I was able to answer it just because I had just serendipitously happened, went through that issue before. Um, and then he was like, yo, we really need someone that focused on this area of law. And I was like, how the hell do you get paid if people can't afford to pay these student loans? They don't really seem like a practice that I want to get into. But then the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it, I recognized that if I was going to go out on my own, then rather being being a generalist, I should be uh, have a niche. And inside of that niche, it's like, okay, what am I going to focus on? And student loans made sense. I looked around and I just didn't see anyone that looked like me. Um, there wasn't a great deal of competition that I felt like, oh, they have such a insurmountable lead, I won't be able to compete. I looked around, I was like, no, this is fresh area for me to compete on. And so I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. And I didn't have an idea like if it was gonna work or not. I was just like, let's try it. If I lose, I lose. You know, that you 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 said so much there. So I want to kind of touch on that because a lot of uh people who are looking to start their own thing or um, you know, maybe even not start their own thing, but do something different career-wise, uh, when they look at something that no one else has done, they see that as an obstacle. Uh, you know, in, in the business world, we hear about finding a niche or specialization all the time. Uh, and we know that that's what people tell us do that. But when you're actually faced with that and have to say, hey, I'm going to go out here and do this on my own, it can be, you know, challenging. So talk to us about when you started, when you said, okay, I'm going to do this. How was it getting started at first? Let's say, first of all, how long have you even been doing this? And then, you know, if it was that first one or two years journey, really building, blazing that trail for yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, so I, I've been doing this. Pra- I launched my practice in June of 2014, okay. and I had the idea that I was going to do student loans. I, I thought I was going to do more bankruptcy slash student loans, uh, just because in the bankruptcy bar is typically uh, older white male dominated, and I was mm-hmm. like, well. I know this shit, and but there isn't one that looks like me, so maybe I'll do that. But then I quickly realized in bankruptcy itself, it's basically um, a generic product that doesn't scale in value. So people are just always going to race for the cheapest cost. Mm-hmm. And that means if I want to live the life I want to lead, then I have to have a great deal amount of churn because I'm going to be, you know, turn over a lot of clients to get the shit mm-hmm. that I want out of life. So I was like, this don't make sense. So let me just try to focus on student loans. And it, I couldn't focus on it solely the first year, first two years. I had to do other things until mm-hmm. I built up a book of business um, that allowed me to have repeat clients, that allowed me to have referrals and things of that nature. So I was willing to do whatever to try to make this thing work. And that's kind of where I started with it. Um, and it's it's been pretty cool just trying to figure this all out because like the law part of this is easy. Mm-hmm. The marketing, the management of how you're going to handle clients, how you're going to onboard them, your standard operating procedures, like those things, those are like the hard parts where I spend my time at. The law part is so simple. It's really straightforward once you get past this hurdle of knowledge and it's not a very dynamic area of law. It's very static. So like Mm -hmm. things don't change overnight. So there's not much to keep up with. You just got to do your routine maintenance. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And you have mastered, if I can use that word, you have mastered the art of this marketing, uh, you know, branding yourself. Uh, I appreciate you, know, you saying you know I mean? that. Listen, it don't feel like it. You know, know, I, I, let me put it this way, because I understand the entrepreneurial journey, too. So I know behind the scenes and things, but let, on the outside from your uh, market facing stuff, you have not only put together like I'm looking at your website, you not only put together a professional product. Um, but you use a lot of videos, which are, I mean, awesome quality, but even on your social media marketing where you um, tell stories. And, and again, I use the word unapologetic with you because I love that you are, you know, you, you are you. All right. But, yeah. you know, when you are talking about what you do. You don't just do it in a way of saying, hey, let me help you with some student loans. You know, you are uh, telling stories, which I think, you know, they say facts tell the story sells. So you're sharing stories in a way that's compelling. Uh, but also uh, keeps it on the front of the mind. So that when people think about student loans, they're going to think about Tate. They're going to think about a story they heard from you. So uh, was there other things that you tried that you just kind of slip into this way of marketing yourself? Or was this kind of like, this is what you wanted to do all along? No, you, you know, you go through it all. Like, here's the thing. The, the number one thing people are going to tell you is that you need to build an email list. Mm-hmm. Who the hell wants to subscribe to a lawyer's email wow. newsletter, right? Like, Good I couldn't point. get past that hurdle of, like, I'm a law firm. What value am I giving from that standpoint? Now, mm-hmm. I've come around on that where, I like, I, I have a better idea of how to provide value there. But that was a starting point. People were like, you need to build this. And it was like, well, maybe you should do social media marketing. But no one wants to be marketed to ad after ad after ad after right. ad after right. ad. And that's the models that you see because, like, we're not very – lawyers by trade aren't necessarily all that creative. And the marketing agencies that pitch to us, they're just selling us a bullshit generic product mm-hmm. and hoping that we buy and then they have a high churn rate. So I was like, how do I figure out what works for me? Um, and and I don't want to sell you, right? Like, the thing is going to sell itself. 
So yeah, I care about selling because I want money and I am a salesman when it's all said and done, mm -hmm. but I don't want to feel like I'm selling you. So then I, I kind of like played with a couple of different options. And what I realized is that number one, people love a story. Mm -hmm. And so how do you tell a short story of what's going on? And how do you do it in my way, which is like, I, my clients aren't going to participate because a lot of times there's an embarrassment behind debt. So I'm not going to have that ability. So what can I do? And I realized in telling the story of like the phone calls I receive and some of the dr more dramatic ones, I'm able to tell it in a way where I'm providing you a story that gives some information on how student loans work. It reminds you that this is the type of work that I do but you're not being sold. You're just getting a story to you. And I don't have a profit motive behind it, right? Like I'm just telling this story. And if I stay top of the mind and it's a seed planted for me, cool, great, I'll accept that. But I don't I don't care too much about the bread because that's gonna come. Mm -hmm. But I do care about market brand awareness, right? This is what I do. Uh, as far as like the website and all that shit, that was like an iterative, uh, iterative process because like, you start off with like you're doing it yourself and then you want to put together like a thousand dollars and get someone then you want to hire someone to help with the design logo and everything for me where i'm at now i am a solo that handles about 400 something clients a year and that 400 clients is just me there is no assistant there's nothing other than automation and then all of my leads come through my website so then if i'm not going to hire an assistant then I have to look at my website as if it's an employee anyways. And if my website is an employee, then I need to invest in my employee year after year. And that's what I do. I set out like I'm going to spend a few thousand dollars on a website. I'm going to spend on working on these things, getting these videos done, and everything, because this is my employee. This is what I do to communicate to the world, to interface with them, to be unapologetic, to reach through this screen because they don't know me from Adam. I'm just some dude on the Internet. But if I can communicate with you in a way that you know is authentic, or at least you feel that way, and then now we can have some type of relatability and friendship, I've done my job already because I've warmed up this cold lead. And that's continuous, my continuous process on that. You know, you, you, I hope people got that because people start businesses, the first thing you, you talked about the email list, the first thing they want to do is go build a website. Yeah. And what I see, and you know, I do a lot of author marketing. Uh, that's kind of my, my niche where I work is helping authors market their books and make more money through their books. Um, and, and it's always, they want to build a website, but they have no purpose for the website. They just know if someone else had a website, another author had a website, I need a website. But you talk about how your website, when you put invested into it, because you knew exactly what the purpose was, what it was supposed to serve. And everybody's website is not going to be the same thing, not going to serve the same thing. So, uh, you know, definitely have, now we talk about that impact. Your, your website has a much greater impact because it is focused on what you wanted to do. And I love how you said that your, your website is your employee, uh, where a lot of times we see people put websites, they're really just the brochures. They're really just- Well, and, and that's what it is, is an online business card. Yeah. But here's the thing, like you, I, people come to me and they're like, hey, can you kind of like coach me through how you did X, Y, Z? And I'm like, all right, for me, it makes sense to invest in a website because I do about 15,000 monthly visitors that are coming there. So I have right. already traffic coming there. A lot of times people don't have traffic other than their friends and family coming to their website. So then you, why do you have a website then? Mm -hmm. Like it just, show, it just makes you feel better about yourself mm -hmm. to say, go here. 
but there's not driving traffic that way. And then your marketing channels aren't really set up for you to drive traffic back to your website because you're doing business through Instagram or doing business through Facebook. And that makes sense because that is where your clients are if that's where you built your market at. And so not everyone needs a website, not everyone needs that. But for me in the path that I chose, it makes total sense because I rely 80 something percent of my clients come through organic traffic searches where they're searching for blog posts and things of that nature. And I write blog posts all the time. A lot of times people don't write a blog post after they like fuck around and publish the website. I have over 200 something articles on there that I'm writing that I'm doing to drive traffic that way. So if you're not doing those things, then, you know, you're just wasting your money on your website for the most part, unless you just want to do it to make yourself feel good. <laughs> you know, you talk about that blog. I'm guilty. I've tried starting blogs so many times and failed. I do the podcast, but, uh, you know, still got to do, add the yeah, blog. And to you, it, but like you, you, don't, like, you don't have to have a blog. You have to do what works for you. For right. me, it makes total sense. Absolutely. And so that's what I'll do. But it also makes sense for me to have video. Now, video doesn't drive the same because like when we get into the search, the monthly searches, you can start looking to see what search terms are popping up on YouTube. There's not a great deal amount of searches on for student loan type Mm -hmm. situations that I help with. But there's enough where it justifies me doing a video and I know it may only get 50 views, but out of that 50 views, I'll get three leads. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's like, I can invest in that channel after I've dominated my other channel. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, if you're dominating on Instagram, cool, keep doing that. The problem is as soon as Instagram changes their algorithm or you stop posting, your leads dry up, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing about organic traffic is that if you're doing it and maintaining it, those blog posts, they're evergreen. Like there's some blog Mm -hmm. posts I haven't touched in a couple years that I still get 15 clients a year from and those 15 clients that represents you know a few thousand dollars in my pocket that's absolutely right good stuff good stuff so and, and because just and again i keep stressing this part because and let me give you a shout out publicly because i i believe in uplifting people who help me you know and you have already you know don't i'm gonna say donate you have giving me advice when I came to you on how to set up some stuff that I was doing. I'm trying to upgrade my video stuff. I yeah. was like, uh, you know, you were gracious and helped me with that as well. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, and you don't have to do those things, but for me, I believe in reinvesting in my business. And so I'm going to take the time out to upgrade my camera, to learn how to use it, to do this and do that. And 97% of my clients, they don't give a shit about any of that. Like they don't care, but I do it. For those I know are going to care, I do it for me and my own ego. Mm -hmm. I do it because I want the quality to match the price point that I'm charging. I can't charge you a bunch of damn money if I'm delivering a piss poor experience. So everything has to match up because I don't want there to be some type of voice in your brain to say, wait, this doesn't match up. Something's wrong here. And that's how I feel when I go on people's websites and like their landing page is trash, but they want to charge me $10,000 for coaching. But none of your stuff suggests that you even even invested in your landing page, right? You didn't even hire a designer. You just wix this shit yourself. And that's cool. (laughs) And you'll get some sales. But I think a lot of times we get so caught up in like, I made, you know, five sales today that you're not realizing that you actually lost 30 sales by not investing in your thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like I look at it when, uh, when I look for a new barber. I go to the barber shop. You don't know who the barber is. I see the barber with the best cut. I ask who cut his hair. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, find out who cut that cut. And that's where you want to go. The same thing you're looking at people. If you're trying to draw in clients and if you aren't presenting something where they're going to say, okay, yep, I want what you did, uh, then you're going to lose a lot of them as well. Exactly. So, 
you know, let me ask you this. Uh, some people are probably watching here. So um, we talk about what you actually do and help them with the student loan. Yeah. Let's, let's tell them how they can reach out to you, what it is that you help people with, um, and maybe some, some advice you can give them on that. Yeah, so I guess the easiest way I say is this. You have student loans that you don't trust your servicer. You're a little bit confused. You don't necessarily have a good handle on your debt and understand what your options are. There's a lot of noise out there. I come through and kill the noise and say, here's your plan that makes sense for you. And sometimes that plan is, hey, you need to pay these things off. But a lot of times that plan is, we need to figure out how to maintain these student loans, keep them as low as possible, so you can do the things you're trying to get done in life. And you may not pay them off, but that's totally okay, because here's how we're going to address this long term for you so it has a minimal impact on your life. That's effectively what I do. Um, how people get in contact with me, everyone goes through the website, tateesq.com slash contact they'll go ahead and hit the sign up right there for a free phone call and all we're going to do in that call is i'm trying to get a general idea if i can help what's your problem is if i can help you and then kind of give you a ballpark of what that looks like cost wise and then we move into like a mini consultation so i can dig further because i want you to be a hundred percent clear on what the problem is, what the solution is, how long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost you. Because I don't believe in bullshit anyone. Like, I, I want to get straight to it. I'm When people call me, I cut them off sometimes because I'm like, yo, don't none of that matter. Because people want to, they, they want, they, they don't want to feel bad about their debt. So they want to explain right? to you how you right. got there. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. Ain't got nothing to do with today. We got to focus on what's going on right now. How do we fix that problem? And that's what I do. It's just, I'm, I'm, the no bullshit guy is going to tell you straight up. Here's what's going to work. Here's how, the best situation for you. Okay, so uh, Stanley, Attorney Tate, want uh, <laughs> to uh, try to be professional here, but I want to thank you for uh, sharing today with us uh, on this Make It Matter uh, moment. So I want to go ahead and give you a chance to close out with uh, any contact info one more time. Or any last words you want to say? Thank you. Um, yeah. So again, if anyone has any questions just about student loans in general or um, about their their business and how they can automate and run and make make shit work for them, they can feel free to reach out to me at tateesq.com, that's T-A-T-E-E-S-Q.com slash contact. Sign up for a free call and kind of go from there. It's a really straightforward process working with me. I like to make things mad simple. That's all. All right. Thank you so much. Wish you the best. And for those who are watching, always continue to live a life with unforgettable impact and abundant fulfillment. Make it matter. Talk to you soon.